Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. It's just me this week. We've got Terry Bogard in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate now as the fourth out of the five Fighter Pass characters, and there will be even more after the Fighter Pass. How many more? Who knows? Sakurai said that he wanted to include as many worlds as possible because he knows that this would probably be his only chance to get this many characters all together in the same Smash Brothers game. And I can hardly blame him. The next Smash Brothers game to come out, if there even is one, the, the roster's gonna be a serious step down no matter how you cut it if they don't try to recreate what happened here. Where do you go from Ultimate? Opinion that I've seen thrown around a lot, at least during the pre-release cycle, was that they would just have to reboot Smash Brothers, kind of rebuild it from the ground up. That's the direction I've kind of taken with my thoughts. I think that Smash Brothers 6 is going to have to play by some different rules, and that includes the roster. So let's see which characters I would keep and which characters I would remove if I had creative control over the next Smash Brothers game. Now, I'm going to lay out some of the criteria I'm looking for. I don't want to make it a list of characters that just panders to myself because I just feel really awkward being that selfish. I want to be at least almost balanced with this. Some of the criteria that I have here are that the character is recognizable, they're significant to either their series or their entire media, however you want to look at it. They have a fun, unique concept. The character is well-liked. Any combination of these elements, not in equal parts, not always in the same exact way, these are all the things I'm kind of considering as I go along with this list. And I've also divided the characters into three categories, the Nintendo Fighters, the Guest Fighters, and the Echo Fighters. The Guest Fighters have that air of, oh, we gotta get the company to agree to it. And the Echoes, being bonus characters, aren't really high priorities, they're just leftovers, but presuming that they go through the trouble of keeping Echo Fighters, since they didn't really need to bring Dark Pit and Lucina back for Ultimate, I might go a little easier on the Echo Fighters, since, again, it's just kind of easy pickings to say, oh yeah, get rid of them. So, so we'll, we'll see how I feel. That's why I put them at the end, so I could kind of have my thoughts more developed, because this will probably be a little bit of a process as we go through this. So, starting with the Nintendo Fighters, uh, and, and I'm going in numerical order based on Smash Bros. Ultimate. A lot of these early ones are just no-brainers. Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, Samus. I, I would absolutely keep them. There's no question about it. Why would you even leave them out? 
I don't know if Link would be the Breath of the Wild Link still, because that game has really taken off as the hot new cornerstone of the Zelda series. Uh, well, I, I guess this depends on when this hypothetical Smash game comes out. If Breath of the Wild's sequel is the new one, then it, it'd definitely be the same Link, I'd think. Because I, I like the idea of keeping the Link as kind of the most recent adult Link. I think that's kind of a neat thing. Keep Link fresh. I, I probably have had the most fun with Ultimate Link compared to all the other Links. So I'd keep these characters. I don't know if I'd really change them in certain ways. That seems like a whole other conversation, and I, I might do that another time. But for right now, yeah, just keep Mario, Donkey Kong, Link, Samus easy. Yoshi, I'd keep him. I don't know if I would keep the Yoshi series as distinct, because Yoshi has games of his own still. Like, Yoshi's Crafted World is for the Nintendo Switch. They haven't given up on Yoshi as a series just yet. But it's so intertwined with Mario to the point where baby Bowser, he's still Bowser. They haven't given Yoshi his own enemy yet. It, it's kind of in a gray area how I'd count Yoshi as a series, but I'd definitely keep Yoshi as a character. And same for Kirby, Fox, Pikachu, Luigi, of course. Now, Ness. I would probably remove Ness. And my, my main thing is the fact that Earthbound is a beloved cult classic, but it's also really past its time. There's really nothing going on for Earthbound anymore, apart from its cult classic status. And it, it, it kind of hurts me to even remove Ness, period, because I'm a bit of a hoarder, especially for characters. Uh, this whole list is under the assumption that I must remove characters, though. Like, if I really had my choice, I'd probably keep all of them, but for the sake of argument, I would probably remove Ness. Captain Falcon is kind of a weird case where F-Zero is a dead franchise, and Smash Brothers is the only thing... Captain Falcon has going for him. He's a lot like Ness in that way, where he's really just relevant because of Smash Brothers. But Captain Falcon has done more with his Smash Brothers screen time than Ness has. He's become a recognizable meme character to the point where they're shoving some F-Zero content into the Mario Kart games. I get the feeling that even though Nintendo hasn't really been interested in an F-Zero game, they they still have a soft spot for F-Zero. They even had an F-Zero game in Nintendo Land. They just have a different excuse each generation for not making a new F-Zero game. As much as they're holding out on F-Zero, I, I feel like they still want F-Zero. So I feel like Captain Falcon is just kind of beloved all around that he might make the cut. I, I guess that's more of a maybe then. Jigglypuff is out. 
Jigglypuff was added in the first game because it was a very popular Pokemon in Japan. And not only is this Japan-centric pandering, which is perfectly understandable, that's where the games are originally made, it was only really popular in Japan due to the Pokemon anime, and while I haven't kept up with the anime, I seem to remember Jigglypuff dropping off after all the Kanto episodes. Jigglypuff is really just kept around as a grandfather clause, and I think on top of being added for popularity, it was also just easy to modify the Kirby moveset a little bit. Jigglypuff is a product of its time. I think it's time to go. Peach and Bowser are good. They're safe. Basically, all the Mario characters are probably safe, with a couple exceptions. Ice Climbers? Well, from a technical standpoint, I think Ice Climbers could probably always work. The 3DS seemed to be the ones giving them problems, but they're all good now. It's just such a unique idea, but I don't think that's enough to carry the Ice Climbers. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that Ice Climbers' relative obscurity kind of pushed Sakurai along the path of keeping them out of the fourth game when they couldn't get them to work. Yeah, Ice Climbers are probably out. I like the unexpected pick and the homage to the arcade days, but don't think so, Tim. Sheik is a relic of Zelda's transformation mechanic. Otherwise, Sheik doesn't really exist in the Zelda series at all. The Sheikah have made more appearances, and the ninja aesthetic has been played up more and more. And to be fair, Sheik is in Hyrule Warriors, but I think Sheik just is, again, a product of her time. I, I still think they should have made Sheik and Zelda a conjoined character again in Ultimate, but guess not. Zelda, yeah, she she can stay, obviously. It's her legend, come on. <laughs> Dr. Mario. Oh, I, I, I really like Dr. Mario, I like playing as him, but he's an easy out. He was just kind of an extra bonus Echo-type guy in Melee, but he's become his own thing in the more recent Smash Brothers games. But if we're going to trim some of the fat from the roster, Dr. Mario is a pretty easy choice. Pichu, the first in a long line of Pokemon trying to recapture the magic of Pikachu. I'd say probably the most successful of the attempts, at least. Uh, Pichu is pretty well-loved. Pichu doesn't have a great chance of making the cut in a Smash Brothers reboot, but I think a chance is still there. Pichu is a maybe. Falco is the number two guy in Star Fox, and Nintendo has been giving Star Fox more love in recent years. There was Star Fox Zero, say what you will about the game, it's still an attempt. And then there's their involvement in the Starlink game, which for a lot of people was the only reason to play the game. Falco's got it good. And so does Marth. He's the basic Fire Emblem guy. 
Young Link is an interesting case. I like that we have a Link that speaks to the older Links and one that represents the younger Links because Link has two main appearances over time. I like that as a concept, but I don't know if that's really enough. I guess to skip ahead here a bit, Toon Link filled that role really nicely in Brawl in the fourth game. They really didn't need to add Young Link into Ultimate, but they did anyway. I, I considered them the same character, but now I guess not. But, uh, I don't know. I don't think we should have two Links if we're going to reboot the series and trim the fat. I'm open to it, but I, I right now I'm going to say no. And if we had two Links, Toon Link would get precedence over Young Link since he's a little more distinct and his design is one of the most used as of now, all the way up to Triforce Heroes. So Young Link is out and I guess Toon Link is out too, but I'm I'm I can be persuaded. Ganondorf, easy. Mewtwo. The thing about Pokemon is a lot of it really is a popularity contest with how many Pokemon there are, and Mewtwo, like the outrage over Mewtwo's absence in Brawl and almost the fourth game, is really palpable. Mewtwo would definitely be missed, and he is supposed to be the strongest Pokemon, and he does bring a certain representation, being the only playable legendary Pokemon. He's also, outside of Smash Brothers, still just a very popular Pokemon. He was involved in the Detective Pikachu stuff. I think Mewtwo's safe. Roy. Mm, as much as he's our boy, that's all he really has going for him. Uh, he's kind of a weak lord, statistically speaking, in his games. His games, which I I don't even remember the name of. I think it was the Binding Blade, or and I don't even know if that even made it out in the in the West or not. And the fact remains that he was put in melee to advertise the game, he was never really an all-star. Not that all of these characters are all-stars, to be completely fair, but Roy, we had our fun, but I think it's time we went our different ways. Mr. Game & Watch, I really value seniority in some cases, and being the first Nintendo game before even Mario and Donkey Kong, I feel like that gets him a lot of points. And he is a very unique character, his own animation style and the fact that he's 2D and stuff, that calculator aesthetic he's going on. I think that if if we could only keep one retro character... It would be Mr. Game & Watch. I feel like he deserves it the most. Though I, I think I'm probably giving the pass to more arcade characters, so it doesn't even come down to that. Meta Knight, yeah, he's safe. Very prominent Kirby character. Pit, he's, he's good too. Zero Suit Samus. I 
think we could probably just stick with regular Samus. I, I felt like in Brawl, out of all the transformative characters, Zero Suit Samus deserved to be separate the most, but again, trimming the fat, she really is just another version of Samus, the same way Dr. Mario is another version of Mario. I I'm not really keen on keeping alternate versions of characters, so Zero Suit Samus would probably go. Wario? Uh, yeah, keep him. Easy. Ike. I don't think the Tellius games have been milked as much as, say, the Shadow Dragon or Awakening, but Ike is very popular among the Fire Emblem fanbase, and he's really hyped up in Heroes, and he, he does kind of represent the series' westernization at long last. I think he's probably got a good shot at staying. I think I might have actually said that I'd remove Ike in a past version of this discussion that I did with Henry, but uh, that shows what I know. Pokemon Trainer? Mmm. Hmm. I like the idea of the Pokemon Trainer, and I like Charizard. I think they could probably mix up the Pokemon that the trainer is using. They could probably do the starters of each region and make Charizard his own character like in the fourth game. That way they could keep Charizard, who is by far the most popular of the trainer's trio, and then they could use the trainer to kind of advertise the new region starters, because that's what Greninja and Incineroar are doing. So we could just kind of kill two birds with one stone without really just devoting a slot to one new starter and hoping that they catch on with the public. I'll get more into that with Greninja and Incineroar. I'd keep Pokemon Trainer, but with an asterisk. Diddy Kong is the second most prominent character in his series. He gets a pass. Lucas? Hmm. Lucas really paved the way for a lot of people to discover Mother 3 and how meaningful a game it could be, but... Uh, I don't think so. Like, if Ness couldn't get the pass... It is funny that I think they almost wanted to pass Ness over for Lucas in Melee, but then they... Decided not to, for various reasons. King DDD, he can stay, obviously. Olimar, he, he stays. Lucario, Lucario has got to be the most popular Pokemon not to come out of Generation 1. So, I think he, he's, he's a shoe in He's the Pokémon tournament mascot, even more than Pikachu. He's good. Rob, a very quirky character. He's not really a character, but a reference to some of Nintendo's history. I can respect that, though. And on top of all the other criteria, I think Rob is probably good. He can stay. I already talked about Toon Link. Wolf? Mmm... I'd say he's probably good to stay, too. In the Starlink game, 
they actually used Wolf as a villain for recognizability over Andros. Wolf is acknowledged as a, a key player in the Star Fox story, so Wolf is pretty important, I'd say. He can stay. Now, starting with the fourth game, they start having a lot more single-character series where it's just the protagonist of that series. So I feel like a lot of them are just kind of good by default because I like the representation of the different Nintendo properties. Like, Villager. Yeah, Animal Crossing. The Wii Fit Trainer. This is a bit of a tricky one. I love how unexpected the Wii Fit Trainer was. And I do like the fact that Wii Fit is represented. Here's the thing, though. I think now that we've had her twice, the the novelty is kind of worn off. She's just another character now. Very unique character. Uh, but she does do a lot for representation. A different genre of game, different series. Another female fighter, at least by default. I'm not really a fan of her moveset, but it is very inventive. Wii Fit Trainer gets a maybe. I'm, I'm, I'll be lenient on her if I must, though. Rosalina and Luma. I would actually remove them. Smash Brothers 4 came out when Rosalina was getting a lot more prominence in the Mario series, getting to be playable in Mario 3D World and getting her own baby form in Mario Kart 8. But since then, Rosalina has kind of dropped off. I I thought she'd be the next big player in the series, but no, not really. Junior has dropped off even a little bit. He's not even he's not anywhere to be seen in Mario Odyssey. Luigi wasn't even in there until DLC. It's kind of a Mario Peach and Bowser show right now with sometimes Yoshi. Rosalina is in a lot of the spin-offs, I'll admit, so she has a presence. She she's in Mario's extended circle, but I don't think she's really done much lately to rise above the rest, so I think Rosalina could probably sit the next one out. Little Mac. Hmm. I like Punch-Out, but Little Mac is kind of infamous, and unless they really want to build him from the ground up again, he's just stuck with really bad mechanics. Uh, I, I don't know. Either fix him or get out. Not to mention the fact that it's been 10 years and there has been no update to the Punch-Out! series. There was ARMS, which would have been perfect for some kind of crossover or acknowledgement or something, but nothing really came of that. Heck, ARMS itself kind of died out. I think uh, Little Mac probably won't make it. Greninja. Greninja is popular... I don't think it's a fan-favorite Pokemon. I like Greninja. I picked Froakie in Pokemon Y. And I'm glad that Greninja stuck around. But, I don't know. Greninja... It feels a little dismissive to say this, but Greninja does feel a little flavor of the month. 
he had some staying power, I think, but not nearly as much as, say, Lucario or Mewtwo or Charizard. He he might go the way of Jigglypuff if we're not careful. I'd probably remove him. The Me Fighters, I think, are a very good concept, and it's a fun way to keep the Mees in the game, so they can stay. Palutena... Mmm... I feel like kind of a jerk for saying this, but I feel like she was added because Sakurai was really excited to have worked on Kid Icarus Uprising, and so a move set for her came very easily to him. I'm not saying he was biased to include her, but I do think that if anyone else were directing Smash Brothers 4, they probably wouldn't have thought too much about Palutena. She she's fine, but I don't really know. And then there's the fact that Kid Icarus hasn't really done anything of note since Uprising, so I don't know if we really need that many characters from. Uh, let's face it, all the Kid Icarus characters are actually Kid Icarus Uprising characters. There's little to no reference to the original two games, so I don't think Palutena needs to stick around. Robin is kind of an interesting case, because between Robin, Lucina, and Krom, Robin is the least marketed of the Awakening leads, but Robin is by far the most unique of the Smash Brothers Fire Emblem characters, and they are an acknowledged Fire Emblem character in Heroes and Warriors. Robin is definitely popular. And I do consider Robin to be the main character of Awakening, in a shared position with Krom. So I think Robin can stay. Especially since Awakening is a, a cornerstone of the series in a few ways. It, it probably didn't save the series as much as people say it did. I think I talked about that in the Awakening episode. But it is still very significant, and Robin does sort of represent that in a way. Shulk. I think Shulk's good. Shulk can stay. Xenoblade is definitely rising in prominence. It got a spin-off and a sequel, and Xenoblade itself is getting two remakes now, the first being the new 3DS one, the other being the definitive Switch version. I think Shulk's definitely on the rise, and that's on top of all the other things about him. Bowser Jr. Mm, yeah, Bowser Jr. has kind of fallen off lately, but I think he's still an important part of the Mario series outside of the the real core cast. Like, in the space between the core cast and the spin-off cast, like Waluigi and Daisy, Bowser Jr. is probably the most important of that middle tier. And he does have the completely unique vehicle thing going on for him. I think Bowser Jr., easily, he can stay. Duck Hunt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very... Unique moves, and the dog is very recognizable, 
as kind of an icon of classic days, and he, he doesn't just represent Duck Hunt, but the entire NES Zapper light gun library. I'm getting some of my Nintendo peripherals crossed, I'm sure, but yeah, I think the dog is important. Corin. Corin, 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 Corin. I like Corin. I've made peace with the fact that Corin is a badly written character. Even in games where Corin isn't the center of the universe, they're still kind of a generic Disney prince or princess. And while they have unique moves, not only is there a lot of stigma against Corin and Fates, but I also think Corin was a little flavor of the month in the same way Greninja and Incineroar were. And it's to the point where even Sakurai was like, okay, I probably got too many Fire Emblem dudes in here. As much as I'm going to stick up for Corin when I can, I don't think Corin should stick around here. Inkling. Easy. Stay. Ridley. After ten years of arguments and protests and memes, you do not get rid of Ridley. <laughs> he is going to stay in this Smash Brothers roster just like he stays alive in the Metroid games. Well, actually, he died for good in Super Metroid, but that you get what I'm saying. Ridley. We don't get rid of Ridley. King K. Rule is kind of an interesting case. He was very beloved. I feel like I've been using that word a few too many times in this episode. Ultimate was his first appearance ever since Mario Super Sluggers for the Wii in 2008. But he was really missed, so I feel like it's similar to a Ridley situation where I can't really afford to get rid of him. It's on top of the fact that he just, much like Ridley, he has very good, unique moves. The, the move sets are just getting more inventive as time goes on, I tell you. Like, the early characters, Donkey Kong, he got gypped. Isabel. I really don't like Isabel. If I really had my way, I'd probably knock her back down to assist trophy and leave it at that. But if I had to keep fighters without being too petty about it and trying to be as close to objective as I could, weighing the pros and cons, I think I would begrudgingly keep Isabel in the playable character roster. She is just too much of a beloved, using that word again, character in a series that doesn't really have a lot of characters to offer for this. I, I, I would almost expect Nintendo to just get rid of Villager and keep Isabel. I, I really hope they wouldn't do that, but eh. I don't know. I, I don't like Isabel, but I would at least be fair and acknowledge what she has going for her, and I would keep her in. Incineroar is gone. Incineroar was an attempt to repeat the whole Greninja thing, where Sakurai just liked 
the Pokemon's potential, and unlike Greninja, Incineroar never really caught on with the fans. People were more into Decidueye. So, Incineroar was a flavor of the month that no one really wanted. I like the whole wrestling thing he has going for him, but that doesn't really save him for me. I really don't like playing as him that much either. He's way too slow in that recovery. <sighs> I think there's also a bit of stigma against Incineroar for being kind of the face of the Grinch leaks debunking. Ken was kind of a wild card, but Incineroar was like, okay, it's confirmed. Grinch leak is fake. Go home, everyone. Just that on top of an already tepid reception to Incineroar and all the other stuff I said, yeah, Incineroar's not looking too hot. Despite being a fire type. The Piranha Plant. <laughs> I wouldn't be too surprised if Sakurai wanted more characters in the same vein as the Piranha Plant. But if it were up to me... who? That's a tough call. I, th I think Piranha Plant speaks to a lot of undervalued things in a Smash Brothers character selection. Even though I've been cutting out a lot of characters on the basis of, oh, people don't really like them or care about them, I think Piranha Plant, while being actually pretty recognizable as a Mario enemy, Piranha Plant still speaks for the little guys. He still shows that you can have someone who is not really a heavy hitter in being a household name and still have fun and unexpected moves and stuff. Perhaps it's a little bit hypocritical of me to say that after getting rid of Ness, though. I... Hmm, I like what Piranha Plant represents, but, but maybe if we're starting over from the beginning, we don't need to worry about what he represents. Or she. Whichever. So I guess Piranha Plant is out. Now that brings us to the guest fighters. Again, a lot of them have the red tape of getting the third-party company's approval. So, let's just say it's a perfect world where I have the money to throw around to make it happen. I have the connections, the favors. Let's see which guest fighters I would probably want to keep. I think Snake is good. Snake is very... Like, most of these are really good because they started with really heavy-hitting third-party characters. Maybe Snake isn't as heavy as some of the others, but Snake is pretty iconic among gamers. Uh, I, I said gamers. That word has been ruined for me. <laughs> which, which makes me sad because Iwata, he identified as a gamer. So that should be like a touching memory associated with the word, but now it's just... Ugh. Anyway, Snake is good. Sonic, definitely good. Mega Man, hmm? Uh, yeah. As much as I don't care about Mega Man myself, and I hardly play as him, yeah, yeah, Mega Man's good to stay. He's, he's still very well-loved, and 
he is kind of what I think about when I imagine Smash Brothers being more faithful with their movesets as time goes on. Pac-Man, kind of for similar reasons as Mr. Game & Watch, but he's got a lot going on for him, too. Of course, Ryu. Ryu. Cloud. Oh, Cloud. I like Cloud. Not just for his inclusion. I really like playing as him. I like how wild his inclusion is, but Cloud is barely in the game at all. There's no spirits for Final Fantasy, no trophies, hardly any music, and what little there is is all strictly ported music. Steve Burton was wrapped up in so much red tape that Cloud couldn't get an English voice, even after Martha and Roy finally got one. It's just so much that Square wouldn't relent on, and I think it's mostly due to the weird way they license their things individually, like how the different composers own their music instead of Square, and how Nomura owns Cloud's likeness, even if he didn't create Cloud? I think he did, actually, but... The point is, Square licenses things kind of oddly, and that I think that's the reason why Cloud is so bare-bones. And I don't remember if I can verify this, so take it with a grain of salt. Oh, I am disappointing the ancient philosopher Polybius right now, but I think they originally wanted Cloud to be free. Well, not free, but they wanted him to be day one DLC for Ultimate, so that they could make more money off Cloud as a DLC character than a base character, because Square would favor that. And then Sakurai and everyone had to be like, oh, come on, guys, come on. Cloud is... He feels like an obligation after a while. As much as I like him, I don't know if it's really worth it. Even with the Dragon Quest guy, they were more cooperative with that. I think Cloud either shape up or ship out, and I don't really have a lot of confidence in the Final Fantasy side of Square Enix, so uh, Cloud's gone. Bayonetta. She won through sheer popularity, and I think she is considered to be kind of a honorary Nintendo character at this point. She's got a third game coming, it's just, there's a lot of love thrown to Bayonetta. I think she's safe. And Simon, it's like, he fits like a glove in this series, even if he's taunted for how brain-dead it is to play as him sometimes. Castlevania is the, the long-lost son that finally got invited back to the family reunion. The team was obviously very thrilled to have Castlevania content to work with. I don't think Simon's going anywhere in my hypothetical Smash Brothers. Joker. Now, we're getting into Fighter Pass territory. The story is that Nintendo supplied Sakurai with these fighter ideas, and then Sakurai chose five from the list. Sakurai is known to be a huge fan of Persona 5. I am also a huge fan of Persona 5, so I'm... I'm I'm definitely into Joker for that reason at least, but it is also 
Atlas representation and paying respect to what used to be a niche RPG franchise. Even if it's mainly Persona 5 with a little bit of fan service towards 3 and 4, it's not as much Atlas or Persona or Shin Megami Tensei as some people might want, but I think Joker, among the third-party characters, I used to say Bayonetta was the small fry of the third-party characters, formerly Snake, but might be Joker a bit. But even then, Joker is like the most successful of the Persona protagonists. Five outsold four and three, so small fry is pretty relative. Joker's good, let's just say that. Hero, yeah, yeah, Hero's staying. Like, Erdrick, the Dragon Quest Three hero alt? Do you know just how monumental Dragon Quest Three is? We don't get rid of that guy. No, he stays. We keep him. Like, seriously, if, if you don't know the full significance of Dragon Quest Three, then... Wow. It, it, it is really something. I'm not a Dragon Quest fan, even though I'm actually interested in trying out Eleven, but... Even I know, you don't, you don't mess with Hero. Dragon Quest is sacred in Japan. The, the fact that it finally happened in Smash Bros. Ultimate, I, I, I almost have to wonder why they didn't consider it as far back as Brawl. Maybe they just thought it wasn't really worth it or not. I don't know. Sakurai did admit that he was kind of nervous about approaching them to use one of their heroes. The fact that Sakurai was allowed to feature the heroes at all is pretty significant, because in any Dragon Quest spin-off, they're never allowed to use the protagonist characters. And here Sakurai is featuring not just four of them, but all the others in the final Smash. He even got to request that the eight one be playable, because he knew that Western fans would like that. They broke their own rule for Sakurai. They admitted that they made an exception for Super Smash Brothers. That is something, and, and you don't let that goodwill go to waste. Banjo and Kazooie. He's just like K. Rule and Ridley. He's a long-awaited character who's finally making an appearance. Rare. They love the idea of Banjo and Smash Brothers. It, everyone's happy. Even Japanese fans are happy. I, I, I know some people are like, oh, I bet people in Japan don't even care about Banjo. There are a lot of happy Japanese Banjo fans. So yeah, Banjo stays. Terry, the newest member of the family, I think Terry could stay. Sakurai has shown us that there is a lot to SNK Fatal Fury, King of Fighters, all that stuff. A lot more to it than we might realize. It might not be a household name these days, but it did play an important role back in the old days of games and arcades and earlier consoles. They used to be heavy hitters, and they still have their devoted fans and a lot of games with a rich cast of characters and... Fatal Fury did have, or or was it King of Fighters? Well, one of them, and Terry's in both, but that series did have a bit of a role in Sakurai's past, as he wanted to make a fighter game that was more accessible to newcomers than that, so 
it feels right to have Terry. I think it's fine. He can stay. Now for the Echo Fighters. Hmm. Assuming, again, that we're making the effort to include them from their past performances, let's see. Dark Samus is kind of in an interesting spot. I think Dark Samus was added as an Echo Fighter because people kind of gave up on Ridley and thought that Dark Samus would be the next best thing, but now we have Dark Samus and Ridley. I, I think Dark Samus works as an Echo Fighter, though. I'd, I'd probably kind of give her some of her assist trophy moves back, but... I, I like what she has going on for her. We can keep Dark Samus. Daisy, similar. She, She's kind of a good poster girl for the Echo Fighter concepts. Lucina. I personally like Lucina, but I feel like she's faded into the background a bit with Fire Emblem kind of taking off even more. I feel like they've had to rely on Lucina less and less as time went on. So, probably don't need to keep her. Also, uh, this whole Echo Fighter section is done with the understanding that they would stay similar. Maybe just some slight tweaks for uniqueness, like I suggested with Dark Samus, but they don't need to be original. They can stay Echoes. Krom... I think Krom has had staying power unlike his daughter. He's he he was a popular request for Ultimate. And I I remember people were really fond of him as the game was still new, so I think Krom's probably fine. He can stay. He's he's kind of held his own with Robin, I think. Not not to Robin's level, but more than Lucina has. Lucina again she's kind of faded off. Dark Pit, uh, no. Continuing everything I said about Kid Icarus Uprising with Palutena, it's also the fact that Dark Pit is just, of all the Echo Fighters, he seems like the laziest to me. He's just Pit with a different color, and you know, of course there are mechanical differences, like the electroshock arm and differences in the arrows, and of course the, the personality stuff. It's, it kind of feels like a Jigglypuff and Kirby situation in the first game, where it's just, oh yeah, we'll just take Pit, and it's kind of... That's the thing for all the Echo Fighters, really, but I feel like, with the possible exception of Daisy, Dark Pit probably has had the least chain... I, I, I don't know, something about him just feels off to me. It is interesting that Dark Pit kind of owes his existence to Smash Brothers Brawl because Pitt's black costume got popular, so they made it a character in Uprising, and then they made it a clone in Smash Brothers. But yeah, I think Dark Pit is kind of of the all the Echo Fighters, one of the least necessary. But one of the most necessary Echo Fighters would have to be Ken. Though, I think with all the subtle changes Ken has, he probably shouldn't be an Echo Fighter, but they probably just made him count as an Echo Fighter just to keep him close to Ryu on the select screen, and 
just to kind of pay homage to the concept of Echo Fighters that Ken kickstarted. Real talk, that was a little, that was a little silly in the Ken reveal trailer that they had to take the aside that goes, well, technically Luigi could be the first Echo Fighter. Like, oh, come on, let Ken have this. Luigi and Mario have so much going on for them. They don't need to technically steal credit for what Ryu and Ken perfected. Did they perfect it? I don't know. Yeah, Ken Ken is good. Richter is, uh, hmm. I don't think there would be another Belmont if not for the fact that the Smash Brothers developers were really happy to have Castlevania to work with, but there is the fact that Richter is one of the most well-regarded of the Belmonts. And with uh, Symphony of the Night kind of changing the face of the series, even though it was really Alucard at the wheel for that game, Richter was the associated Belmont, so he is connected to that turning point in Castlevania. So I think Richter is probably safe. and. Well, that about does it. That's everyone so far. I actually spent almost an hour on this. Oh my gosh, I, I didn't think I'd do it. I thought I thought maybe I'd crack 20 minutes. Well, this is before editing, of course, so it could be different, but I don't think it'll be that much shorter. We'll see, but there you have it. Uh, I wouldn't actually cut that many characters in a hypothetical Smash Brothers reboot, some of them, the maybes, I could probably be persuaded into keeping them around. And again, if I really had my way, I would just keep everyone, except maybe Isabel. And Jigglypuff, I guess, and possibly Incineroar, but eh, we're losing track. That's just some uh, apropos of nothing Smash Brothers thoughts from me. It is getting late, so I'm just rambling at this point, talking in circles. I'm going to finish this up by saying that you should follow the BitCast on Twitter, and you can keep up with episodes and my other thoughts that way, see what else I can turn into an episode, and follow the BitCast on Podcast One's website and app. I will see you on the next one. Listen to BidCast anytime on podcast1.com and on the Podcast One app.